1: did you know that no one in the whole world is the same as me or has what I have, my laugh, my voice, my sense of humor? I am (laughs) me. (laughs) Nobody in the whole world can be me. Isn't that an empowering thought, Lauren? What the hell is going on? Have you been watching too much of The Greatest Showman? You just... (laughs) You don't seem right today. I'm very concerned. (laughs) I've never been better, actually. Never been better, because according to experts, this is how we should always talk to ourselves.
2: Oh, I get it. It's self-love week at the club, isn't it? It really is. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishkon, and this is Self-Care Club Wellness Road Testing.
0: I feel like so much of our society is focused on self-love. It's always, you know, you need to love yourself before you can love others. But we rarely ever talk about how we can practice self-love.
1: Trying to be a better friend to yourself sounds like an odd idea, initially, because we naturally imagine a friend as someone else, not as a part of our own mind. As Oscar Wilde once said, "To love oneself is the beginning of a lifelong romance." The mere mention of self-love might make you cringe as it can sound cheesy and very self-indulgent, but learning to love yourself is one of the most powerful and important things you can do in life. As many psychology studies attest, self-love and compassion are key for mental health and well-being. Self-love means having a high regard and respect for your own thoughts, feelings, wants and happiness. It means taking care of your own needs first and not sacrificing your well-being to please others or settling for less than what you deserve. It's not about being self-absorbed or narcissistic, it's about pushing through your limiting beliefs and living life on your terms. After all, the only person living your life is you. Brené
2: Brown, PhD, author of Daring Greatly, The Gifts of Imperfection, Rising Strong, says it best. We either own our story or we stand behind it, hustling for our worthiness. If you can't embrace your story, you end up leading a toxic life of unfulfillment. When you have a lack of self-love or self-compassion, you make decisions out of guilt or step into the disease to please. You overvalue the needs of others and quite simply disrespect yourself. This conveys to yourself and to those around you that you can be taken advantage of and that you put yourself last. The impact of living this way can and will be exhausting. Having a lack of self-love i.e. to live in shame or discontent, will have profound effects on
1: who you are and how well you live. Think of self-love as cultivating a better relationship with yourself. And once you have established that, the benefits are endless. People who love themselves are less likely to suffer from anxiety or depression. Self-love brings better sleep. It reduces stress. It lessens procrastination. It nurtures close relationships and paves the way for a positive mindset which is an essential ingredient for success in life. When you genuinely love yourself, you become willing to accept your life stages and take responsibility for your actions. Accepting your flaws and mistakes takes an enormous amount of depth and courage. Self-love will allow you to accept every part of you. Self-love is also important when it comes to setting boundaries
2: in relationships. Having a clear understanding of what your boundaries are and being able to set them communicates that you value yourself. As a result, you're more likely to have more fulfilling relationships. Your relationship with yourself sets the tone for relationships you have with others. When you treat yourself with love and respect, you give others permission to do the same. So if it's so vital to our well-being, why do we struggle to cultivate this?
1: Well, there are many, many reasons why people can't step into self-love, Lauren, and self-acceptance. so let's I, let's look at the societal impacts first, because I think that's a big one for a lot of people. Yeah. We basically fear what people will think about us if we are positive about ourselves. They may find us too big for our boots or big-headed, and that in itself can be insulting, or it can come across that way and make other people feel less than. This fear informs a lot of our thinking and a lot of our behaviors. We play small and understated, even apologetic, so not to offend other people. But the truth is, we have no idea what other people will think. And this fear is built on assumption and yet can knock our entire way of being. So, just to
2: discuss a bit more about this whole societal impact. I just wanted to talk about a couple of things relating to that. So you and I both listened to uh, the 10% Happier podcast with Dan Harris, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And he features Karamo uh, from Queer Eye. And they talk all about self-love. And the issue that, that came up, one of them was how do you protect yourself from empty praise becoming conceited, or what they called self-puffery. And I thought Karamo had a beautiful response to that. And he said he has a reminder on his phone that
1: tells him, keep the compassion up and keep the ego down. Yes, beautiful. Compassion up, ego down. He said it a few times, didn't he? So it really stuck. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he did. And it was just his way of saying it's a reminder to just be compassionate to yourself but in a way not to harm other people. So it's just for you to feel safe and loved, but not for you to repeat the behavior you experience to make someone else feel bad. It's just a reminder that your self-love is, is for you. It's not to put you above anyone else. And that's how you keep from being conceited, which I I really liked that explanation. I thought it was great.
1: And I think that there's something in self-love that is very, um, humbling, that it's not conceited and it's not egotistical. That is not. And when you're in that space or it's coming across that in in that way, that's not actually practicing self-love. That's something egotistical and something different. And I think it's really important to establish what the difference is because Mm. the self-love can be quite quiet. It doesn't have to scream and shout. I love myself. So fuck you. I'm not doing that. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's just about having the respect for yourself that you deserve.
2: Yeah. And then the other thing they were talking about, which I'd never considered or even thought about was that self-love can be an interpersonal thing and actually service to others is a service to yourself and they called it emotional contagion. So you pass on your emotions to other people. And if you keep your own self-esteem up, then you can bring up other people's self-esteem and you can see their mood rise. And yeah. so you're kind of helping in a wider way in society by bringing up the self-esteem of others and being in service to others can always remind you what's great about yourself.
1: Oh, it's such a beautiful way of approaching it.
2: Yeah, Because it, it's yeah. that
1: ripple effect, isn't it? That whatever energy you put out into the world, it's going to um, touch other people and then they will put that energy out into the world. It is, it's lovely. Um, the other thing that he said on the show, which has really stuck with me is when he is having a bad day and he does have bad days, um, and he asks the people around him, his closest people to love him a little bit louder. Oh yeah. Um, and that really, it gave me goosebumps and he said, I get to ask them to love me a little bit louder and they also have the permission to do the same. And they say to me, please, can you love me a little bit louder today? And I just, I loved that.
2: So past life experience also informs us how we feel about ourselves, our upbringing, and how we were parented. That all has a lot to say about our self-love capacity and lack of love and support in our past and our present lives can tell us that we're not deserving of it. So Brene Brown says that research indicates that parenting is a primary predictor of how prone our children will be to shame or guilt. And Dr. David Hamilton says in his book, I Heart Me, that we're reading for our book club this month, that most people, most of the time, will have a self worth setting similar to their parents, which I found fascinating. But the truth is, no matter who you are or where you are in life, we all deserve to be loved and have love in our life. It's what makes the world go round. And while we cannot control the outside world, we can control how we relate to ourselves and show ourselves that much needed kindness and respect. As David Hamilton says, self-love can be learned at any age.
1: Aww. So Good old
2: let's David get, Martin. I know he is the best. Let's, <laughs> let's get a little bit of science going on self-love here, Nicole. If I am going to high five myself every time I look in the mirror,
1: <laughs> I need to know the truth, the facts, bring them. <laughs> there is one study that really caught my eye, actually, and I've been wanting to bring this study to the club for a little while. It's by a Japanese scientist, Dr. Mazaru Emoto, who revolutionized the idea that our thoughts and intentions impact our physical health. So, Emoto studies this through water. He claims that human speech or thoughts have dramatic effects on water itself. He claims that, depending on the nature of the speech or thoughts directed at water, when the water is frozen, its crystals will either be beautiful or ugly depending on whether the thoughts were positive or negative. So if Emoto is right, we have a most amazing phenomenon here with dramatic implications as illustrated by the simple fact that 75% of all biological tissue, including the human body, is water. So Emoto's experiments involve exposing glasses of water to various words, pictures, or music, then freezing the water and examining the frozen crystals under a microscope, One set of water had words like love, gratitude, peace, eternal, while the other set said things like, you disgust me and you're evil. Emoto claims that positive words and emotions, classical music and positive prayer directed at the water produced beautiful crystals. He's even put up pictures. They're like in diamond shapes and heart shapes. They are stunning while the negative water with the negative words and emotions and crude music, such as heavy metal, produced completely broken down images and really ugly crystals. So what is it's, an ugly crystal? That That's what I want to know. It, it kind difference? of doesn't. It was discolored and have a look at the study, but it was discolored and it wasn't in a shape. It was just all over the place. Whereas the one with the positivity, it was in these beautiful heart shapes and stars. I mean, they were stunning. Oh. It looked like it could have been a piece of jewellery. So is that not amazing, just by energy, how that changes the makeup of something? You know, they did this with plants. You know, IKEA did
2: a big study on plants and they put uh, two plants in, in schools and one plant said bully me and the other plant said oh, love me oh. and the children <laughs> and the children spent a month going up to one plant and bullying it and and the other plant praising it and it was actually to teach obviously to teach children the impact of their words and at the end of the study of course one plant the, the plant that had been bullied was sort of withered and brown and sad looking and the plant that had been praised was was you know all up and up and bushy um oh my so that gosh, was serious yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I mean, I've been reading a lot about that experiment this week, and they said, you know, was it was it fixed, and was it really just all not really?" a proper experiment, was it just to show the kids. But then they did another experiment with three uh, sets of seeds in plants and uh, with one set of plants, one set of, one pot was the control and one pot had to listen to the hate speeches of Hitler and the third pot had to listen to the uplifting speeches of Martin Luther King and then they looked at the growth of all the seedlings as they grew into plants. Very interesting. And what they found was, actually all the plants grew they all grew they all thrived but the one that was listening to the uplifting speeches of dr martin luther king was the the best sort of looking plant the healthiest plant
1: so i think it's fair to say that how we speak to ourselves is going to impact our physical well-being and of course our mental and emotional well-being it can't not right it it can't not and i think it, it either creates a well life or a unwell life To put it in the simplest of terms. Yeah. And it just goes to show how important this practice is. So should we chat about how, like how we can um, practice some self-love? Because we can all post a positive quote up on social media about loving yourself. But actually, in all seriousness, this does take practice and it does take a bit of time. So let's, how did we go about this, Lauren? Yeah, there are so many
2: different ways to do this. Obviously, there isn't one prescriptive method. Mostly, it's going to be quite an intimate journey into what you feel makes you feel supported and loved by the person who is most important in your life. And that person is you. Yeah. So there are thousands and thousands of resources online, blogs, practices, influencers, meditations. So I would say just take, take whatever it is that speaks to you. But here is a list of what we practice. So you can edit this down if, if you feel that this suits you. So the first thing we did was to high five ourselves every time we looked in the mirror and to say something nice about yourself like you would when you see your best friend. And you have to say that out loud. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. The second thing was the self-love journal. Um, at the end of the day. And this is just to establish all the ways that you showed up today and what you can celebrate about yourself. So if you are a journaler, then that's that's an easy one for you. And there were little
1: prompts that we had. Yeah, tell me the um, prompts. So it was things like, uh, what is one thing you admire about yourself and what do you like about it? List three things or people that you're grateful for today. What is the one thing you'll forgive yourself for this week? jot down a compliment that you received. Uh, What is a challenge you're dealing with right now and how are you growing from it? What makes you unique? What is the one personality trait that you feel proud of? What are you celebrating today? I mean, they were beautiful. It's very reflective and puts you into a completely, well, it's supposed to put you into a completely different mindset. Yeah.
2: Uh, We also did daily affirmations. That's five things to quietly say to yourself. And you have to start those sentences with I am followed by something positive about
1: yourself. Yes. I can't wait to hear how you got on with all this. We also did uh, three written exercises, which is new to the club, isn't it, Laura? We have proper homework. Proper Um, homework. One was called the who I am exercise. Uh, one was called My Beliefs and one was a love letter to ourselves. And these exercises were prompting how to think of yourself in the positive framework. So for example, you had to list your qualities that you like most about yourself and then write down how they have helped you and other people in your life. Um, and then we were asked 10 questions in one of the exercises, which is a lovely way to speak to yourself in a life affirming way. So everything was life affirming rather than diminishing, which is what I always say to my clients. Um, And that's the shift that we're looking to achieve here. What is affirming to me? What is positive for me? What is supportive for me? Um, And there were questions like, what is your favorite thing about yourself and why? What is your most achievable goal in life? How do you handle criticism? What past accomplishments are you proud of? How do you feel when you make a mistake? How do you feel when someone compliments you? You know, we're all going in the same direction of just looking at yourself in a really loving, nurturing way. Yeah.
0: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads
1: Mr. Karnov's award-winning football mockumentary, The Offensive, is available to listen to now. After securing Premier League survival last season, Ashwood City have a new boss. The new manager, Sven Goran Eriksson.
0: I am delighted to be the new head coach at Ashwood City Football Club.
1: But unfortunately, the same old chief executive. Oh, fuckity fuckity fuck fuck stupid comments from an ex-player chanting make ashwood great again big fucking deal you know if he thinks that any of those empty words have had even the slightest impact on patrick nolan mbe then he is dreaming stupid big idiot twat fucking wank wank Follow Ashwood City on and off the pitch every Premier League match week. I can't even get easy peelers in my local MS at the moment, Sven, let alone a fullback from from Real
0: Sociedad. I just have a list of players I'd like to bring into your squad. <sighs>
1: OK, well, let me know when you have a list of players you'd like to bring out of the squad. Described by The Guardian as a must-listen for football fans. We lied about the corona test result. We isolated our two informed players to stop them playing for England and now we've asked Man City Football Club to bribe the Premier League on our behalf. I didn't actually ask them to. I asked if they wanted to. It's the same fucking thing. Search The Offensive on your favourite podcast player and listen now.
2: So tell me how you felt going into this week. This was your your choice of week this week to tie in with Valentine's Day. I've actually got a voice note, which
1: ties in very nicely to that. Shall I just play it now? Let me play it now. Please. Beginning of self-love week, and it couldn't have come at a better time. My anxiety is through the roof, Um, not for any particular reason, just we're in lockdown and I'm a bit frustrated and it's a great week for some self-reflection and some self-love because I think my natural default and most women's natural default is to give yourself a hard time and think about all the things that you're not doing or who you're not speaking to or who you haven't called back or what you haven't done and I need to get in touch with my soul and get a little bit more familiar with all the things that I actually really like about myself and all the ways in which I am winning a life and that's what this week hopefully is going to bring. So that was that was how I walked into the week. What about you? Okay. Oh
2: God, just like really deeply uncomfortable about it. And all I kept thinking about, all that was going on in my head was the Whitney Houston song. You know the one that I mean.
1: I don't actually.
2: Learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all.
1: <laughs> I reckon everyone listening to this was racking their brain. And my first response was, it must. I will always love you, but it can't be that because that doesn't fit right. And then I went on to Dolly Parton. <laughs> this is how my mind went. And then I went on to her hair, and then I went on to her boobs, and now I'm back to oh,
2: wow. What I should have just went. said to you, I believe the children are our future. Teach <laughs> them well and let them lead the way. Yeah, that, that should, should be have our, gone, gone our theme, that. that should have been
1: our theme tune last week. That's brilliant. Yeah. So
2: yeah, it's not your I bag, mean, is it?
1: <sighs> is it?
2: God no, God no, God no. I, I'm sure we hear about your week first because I think it would probably do the listeners a, a better service to hear about how a women's
1: coach practices self-love. Oh God. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So you've just heard my first voice note. Yeah. I um I am not on top of my game. I haven't been for many weeks. Lockdown is really throwing me for a loop. So um so this this actually came at a really good time because I have been beating myself up mentally and I'm always thinking about all the things that I haven't done or where I'm wasting my time. And, you know, it's also bullying. It's horrible. It's a horrible way to speak to yourself. So I started off with the love letter exercise okay. and I think I just had an argument with one of my kids or I don't know. I was feeling frustrated and I went to sit on my bed um, and it really calmed me and it took me away from my very low energy vibe and once i'd finished mm-hmm. i felt much more grounded in myself it was a very beautiful reminder of who who i am not who i am mm-hmm. not let's talk about who i am and that it's okay to be struggling but it's also important to know when it's time to step away from it that was a beautiful reminder as well um and then something that came up in just the reflection was that i really struggle with um sometimes what I'm feeling that I'm not justified to feel it. So this is very vulnerable for me. So Mm. I'll try and, I'll try and articulate it as best I can. I am, um, I have a very privileged life. I have a lovely home. I have a healthy family. I have food on the table. I don't worry about where my next meal is coming from. All my basic needs are very much met. My children Mm -hmm. are well, my children are, schooling like everything is okay and everything is in its place i have a loving husband i have two healthy parents you know i have a group of friends. everything is tick 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 in my life yeah so so when i'm struggling with life or i'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed i almost go to the default that you are not entitled to feel like this because you have a lovely life and that's not helpful because i am human and um i am going to experience things that people that every human being experiences especially living in a pandemic and I can't leave my house. Um, so doing that exercise kind of made me feel a little bit more validated that I get to feel what I feel and that's okay. I don't want to sit in it, but my feelings are just as real as the next person who's having probably a a harder time with different struggles. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've kind of carried around with me for my whole adult life. Like I don't have a right to be upset or I don't have a right to feel bad about something or I don't have a right to feel low. Um, so that exercise was great. I, I, I really mm. appreciated it. Um, the high-fiving myself in the mirror. I yeah. fucking <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I loved it it. I felt like an American cheerleader and I fucking loved it. And it really lifted my spirits and I felt like a total twat whilst I did it. But after, as the week was going on, I was getting much more into it because I was like, you go girl. I mean, I was giving myself all these affirmations. I was like, you look fucking great. You are rocking it. Your body is strong. And I was just like, yeah, I was really feeling myself. It was great.
0: Good um, for you. So that was
1: the high-fiving. I thought it was yep. light-hearted. I thought it was, it gave me energy and I thought it was fucking brilliant. Yep. Um, so Saturday, I went upstairs at about 11 o'clock and I sat on my dressing room floor yes. and I put on a podcast, the Coromo yep. podcast that we've discussed. Yep. Yep. Um, and I painted my toes and I painted my nails. I gave myself a manicure and I sat there in such a loving, nurturing way. And then yeah. my daughter came up and she said, What are you doing? Because I never sit there. Yeah. And she said, Are you going to come down? I said, Not quite yet, because I'm just, I'm really giving myself this moment and I'm having a lovely time. And yeah. that to me felt like the absolute epitome of self love, doing something that I enjoy and allowing myself to really revel in it. Good. Um, and that felt very, I just loved it. I just absolutely loved it. Um, the other thing. I did yes. was I went on a little bit of a spiral with my food this week, which is weird after all that amazing uh um, Yeah, we've content. done so the, much work on I know, the eating and it, thing. And it really sort of spent, uh, sent me through a spiral. It was really weird. Anyway, I had on Saturday night a massive fish and chips. I had an ice cream. I had two gin and tonics. And at the end of it, I felt so sick. I'm not guilty. I just felt totally yeah. sick. I'd overeaten. Yeah. And I thought to myself what is the most loving choice I can make with my food right now? And actually I woke up the next morning just through that question with a whole different mindset, because I do want to make loving choices for myself through my food, not destructive choices, not, well, I can eat what the fuck I want. So let's just do that because that's not helpful either. So that question of what is the most loving choice I can make for myself right now really ran through my whole week and I loved it. Um, because it gave me a lot of information, actually, if you just step back.
2: And it's putting something in such a, a positive light rather than berating yourself or feeling guilty or punishing yourself or saying cruel things to yourself. Why? Why did I eat that? Why am I being a pig? Yeah. Why am yeah. I? Yeah. It's just a much nicer, kinder way
1: yeah. to change something. Yeah. Why can't I get on top of this? Like all that, that's the, you're right. And you can just make yourself feel worse and worse and worse and worse. But actually, it was something that Evelyn said in the interview. Mm. You know, how do I want to feel after this? What is the kindest choice I can make for myself right now? And I really, that really struck a chord with me, and it has really served me. Really that's, served me. That's great. Um, I didn't do the journaling. Me neither.
0: <gasps> I'm so happy.
1: <laughs> oh, thank God! I thought you were going to tell me off. Um, I actually forgot. And then when I was reading through my notes this morning, before we started recording, I thought, shit, I didn't do the journey. It's just not a natural place for me to go. But self-love is about respecting yourself and respecting the things that you enjoy and the things that make yeah. you smile and, yeah. and really putting them into action into your life. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a very, very difficult time at the moment for everyone mentally to keep yourself you know, straight and above board and not beat yourself up. Um, you know, tensions are high. My, my energy levels are low. Every, everything's just a little bit shorter. I'm on a short fuse. Yes. So, so this was a lovely reminder of who I am. Good. So, I'm and, really I, and, I, glad. I, and I loved the exercise. There's the, who am I exercise? Um, yeah. And there's one question in there that I really wanted to ask. I don't even know yeah. if I want to ask. And it says, if one of your workmates was to tell a story about you, what do you think they would say? Did you do this <laughs> exercise? I, I, I did. Yeah. yeah. So I have written what I think you would say about me. Oh, OK. Um, I, I put it in a kind way, by the way. Uh, Okay. Um, So I think that you would say, and you tell me what bits you would add will take away. Yeah. And and I think this is, it's a really nice way of reflecting on who you are and what your impact is on the world. Yeah. Because if you take a step outside of yourself, say, well, how would someone else view me? I think that's quite, I think that, that, that gives you a completely different sense of awareness. Come on, come on, let's hear it. I I haven't told a story. I couldn't think of a story. So it's just how I think you would describe me as, I think they would say, I am a hard worker. I stand up for what I believe in um, and what I am working on. I'm a team player. I speak my mind with as much kindness as possible. And you always know where you stand with me. There are no hidden agendas or messages. What you see is what you get.
2: I would say that is 100% accurate. Oh, thank you. Pretty much, if I wrote it, that's probably exactly what I would write. But I, I would probably add to that that. You, you are very good at finding the positives in others and you are very encouraging, I would add that.
1: Thank you. That's very nice. So, so that gives me a sense of faith that actually I am on the right track. I do really know myself um, and I'm definitely not fucking perfect. I mean, this week has sent, thrown up a whole host of things, which lockdown does. Mm. You know, I'm still criticising my family. I'm still doing things that I don't want to do. I'm not showing up mm. in the way that I want to parent right now, but I am mm. on a very short view. I'm not going to excuse it. Um, But I do know who I am and I am really proud of who I am. And I might not like certain things that I do, but my intention is always good and my heart is always pure. And I always try and come from a place of compassion and kindness. And actually that's something I'm really proud of. And this week has given me a lovely reminder of of who I am, which is what the whole practice of self-love is about. Good. I feel very warmed by that. Thank you. Now come on oh no, no 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 uh, come on okay, I mean no.
2: I just I just <laughs> like I know I know that the second you emailed me over those worksheets the
1: second you hit the send button in your mind you would have gone Lauren's gonna fucking hate these I actually said to Adam the words out loud Lauren is going to fucking hate this and I was oh cute. My God. and <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't even just say it I was giggling at the same
2: time. I could like, <laughs> I opened my emails and I could literally like feel you smirking on the other side
0: <laughs> of the internet. I, was,
2: I absolutely was. You see, we know each other now. We know each other now. Look, my, my general thoughts about this podcast is we test what works, right? And what doesn't. And I think I'm well-placed to co-host this podcast, because like that plant, not the one that listened to Hitler and not the one that listened to Martin Luther King. I feel often like I am the control because I am centered and measured and I'm not coming. Yeah. And I'm not coming from a place where I feel I have a lot of issues that I need to fix. So, or like wounds to heal. So I feel like when we're testing things, I'm coming from quite a neutral place, which I think is helpful. Um, especially I'm thinking about like the work I do. And there are lots of doulas who go into doula work because they've had horrendous birth experiences themselves. And they're sort of coming into the work in order yeah. to fix something in yeah. themselves. And you can't do that because you can't bring your shit into the birth space. It would be the same as you having a whole host of issues and trying to coach other women in them. Yeah, you can't, absolutely. right? So you have to park your problems at the door and, you know, I had three very standard, normal births and no baggage, so I I feel I'm well placed to to do my job. Um, So when it comes to like self esteem, self love, self compassion, I think like with most things, I have enough. I have a good amount. I feel comfortable and measured. And uh, you know, when I look back as to why why do I have that? Well, I didn't have a perfect childhood. Nobody did, but I always felt. Loved, supported, and I was told actively, so proud of you. I'm really proud of you. And I was told that all the time. And my parents showed up for me, you know, every shitty school play and crappy recital and all (laughs) the other things that you have to sit through. My dad was there in the front row with a thumbs up, a thumbs up that I now do for my kids. So I think that for me is kind of the crux of everything. Um, I also think that I have to accept that I fall into that real stereotypical trap of women where you feel it's a bit selfish or a bit indulgent to practice self-love. Yeah. Um, there's always that thing of like, I should be focusing on other people. I should be focusing on the kids. I shouldn't be focusing on me and it's selfish and I'm very big on not being selfish. It's a trait I really don't like in others. Um, And I think that we're very groomed as women to do something, always be doing and pushing, and like there's no downtime in our lives. Yeah. And I, but I also have to understand, and this is a huge thing for me as I've come into my 40s, that actually to be vulnerable, to be able to show your feelings, to be able to express. I'm not okay or I feel this, I'm not, you know, a a wall is is really important and that we're better women and wives and mothers and friends if we're able to be vulnerable and a bit more porous. And you've definitely met me at a time where I'm more like that. I was a much, I was much tougher. You know, my husband said in our wedding speech, "She is a hard nut to crack, but so sweet once the shell is opened." But, <laughs> you know, that's so sweet. So yeah, those are sort of my musings on
1: on it. Um, so that's where you. So that's where you come at this from. Yeah. And perhaps did yeah. you feel at a point that mm-hmm. you didn't, you don't massively need this practice. I, <sighs> I felt a a little uncomfortable with the exercises because for me to
2: get out of the sort of cliche cheesy thing was hard. So I did, I did look at them all. Some of them I wrote and some of them I just did in my head. I kind of went through them, but I didn't, it didn't really speak to me. I did do the high five in the mirror and I shall play you the audio. Oh, good. Quite a fun morning as Joshua caught me high fiving myself in the mirror and said, Oh my God, Mum, you are the weirdest person I have ever met in my life. And of course, this just totally spurned me on. So then I spent about a minute looking at myself in the mirror, just saying great stuff about myself, mainly just to wind him up. Um, And it was amusing, but I can't say that it's made me really feel beautiful inside in a Christina Aguilera, you are beautiful No matter what they say, kind of way, Um, it was more just to amuse an eight-year-old.
1: But I did it, and I did it every day. Oh, you did it every day, and did you find it? I mean, how did you find it? Just like really fun. fun. It's really fun. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it's just it's hilarious. And so, listen, my god, we need some fun, don't we? I think. Yeah. So, I'm very down with high-fiving yourself in the mirror. It's fantastic
2: very interesting conversation with Josh, my eight-year-old this evening. He was helping me make a fruit salad. And I thought, mm, let's just see like w- what I've done here as a parent and also who he is as a person. I just said, Josh, do you feel like you are enough? He said, what do you mean? I said, do you feel like you are enough, good enough? He said, yeah, of course I do. I said, okay, great. Tell me three good things about you. Without hesitating, he said, I'm smart, I'm really good at football, and I'm funny. And I thought, yes, I've done a good job with this one.
1: It was very important to me. I love that. Can I, although, and I do love that, and I I high five Josh if he was here. Um, (laughs) But I would like to know if you feel enough and what three things that you would say to yourself. do you know what it's so funny you say that because last night at the
2: dinner table and I was going to bring this to the epilogue show but I'm just bringing it now we were talking about this and I was thinking about lockdown and everything else and I thought you know what I'm actually really grateful in some weird way for this experience because I have got the time to sit around the table and do things like a week of self-love and practice these things with my kids and sow these seeds, these like fundamental seeds. And what brought it to a head was my oldest uh, turned 17 this week. So we had another lockdown birthday in the house and we were opening presents. And and then my middle son said, oh, la, 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 the favorite child. And I really heard it and I really took it in. And I thought, "Mm, does he feel like he's not enough? So when we had dinner last night, I said, do you, do you guys feel like you're enough? I want to know. And they all answered. And then I said, right, now tell me three things you love about yourselves. And Josh had already done his, but the other two did it a bit hesitantly, but they did it. And then I asked my husband, but nobody asked me. Well, I'm asking you now. Well, now you've like put me right on the spot, haven't you? Mm.
1: That's what Mm. coaching does for you. (laughs) Um,
2: I think it has taken me pretty much all of nearly 43 years to feel like I am enough. And I probably don't feel like I am enough every single day, but most days I feel like I am enough. Three
1: things. Come on, spit it out. Okay. I am thoughtful. Mm.
2: I am amusing.
1: I am loving.
0: Will those do? Will they do for you?
2: You
1: happy now? I, they will do, and I and I appreciate how uncomfortable that was for you. I think oh. you went. I think you went a little safe because you're more than amusing. You're fucking hilarious, um, and you're definitely thoughtful and loving. But well, it's it is uncomfortable, and and thank you for I guess playing along and and showing that how uncomfortable this work actually really is. It, it, and it
2: is work. Like you know, yeah. it's quite easy to brush it all off and go whatever. But it it was. It was hard. This is now the fourth afternoon in a row that I have sat down in front of my laptop and looked at these exercises that Mrs. Nicole Goodman has set me for homework. Now, it's a little bit of a, a uh, turnaround this week because she clearly has read all the instructions and done all the homework. I have read all the instructions, but I cannot buckle down and do this. Not because I hate myself and I cannot bear to write good things about myself, but because I can't get into the headspace of this not being a multi layered cheese vest. I get the point that it's interesting writing down how others may perceive you and what others may say about you, and therefore you can see your own good qualities, but I feel quite sure about myself, my beliefs, and all of this sort of stuff. And I am just mega reluctant to write this shit down. What is going on here?
1: What is going on here, Nicole? It's avoidance. It's avoidance into stepping into the things that are really true about yourself, which people find difficult because the minute you say it, what does that say about you? You know, how will someone Hmm. read me if I sit here and say that, I am intelligent and I am funny and I am all all of these things and I am a great mother and I am loyal and I have integrity and all these things that make up who you are it it is so deemed wrong in society for us to for us to big ourselves up and yet yeah. that that is a conversation and a narrative that very much needs to change and I think that's part of your reluctance and this, that it feels self-indulgent and God forbid women should be self-indulgent in any way. For me, this is necessary. It's an honorable thing to do rather than a selfish thing to do. And for me to sit here and say, I've had a beautiful reminder of who I am this week because they are true. And that doesn't make me big headed. And it doesn't make me love myself. And it doesn't make in a, you know, in a negative way, and it doesn't make me less than. It makes it just makes it true. Mm -hmm. And no one gets to take this away from me, just like no one gets to take it away from you. And I think most people would sit down and be reluctant about this. You know, I do a lot of this work with my clients, so I so I see it a lot. Um, but accepting who we are is so imperative to nurturing this great relationship that we have with ourselves and then a great relationship with others um and accepting who we are good and bad because no one's perfect and we all have flaws and we all make mistakes it's part of the human experience um yeah but standing up and saying this is me is an incredibly powerful brave thing to do
2: it is and also you know you've said all this and i don't sit in a second of judgment of like oh my god nicole is like so happy to say that she loves these things about herself i i think it's great and it served you this week and it's wonderful and i i know that if i had sat and done it you wouldn't you would be really pleased with me. So yes, it is a combination of that. It's a combination of like, I feel okay. I don't need to do it. And also sh- trying to shake that feeling of, is it a bit selfish? Is it a bit self-indulgent? Mm. And, and, and why, why is that a thing when I'm so maybe overly conscious of talking to my kids about you are enough, you are enough. Tell me the things that are great about you. I'm yeah. so happy to push that agenda with them to give them self-esteem and self-confidence and self-love as adults going through their lives. And, yet and you are as a
1: friend, by the way, and as a business partner, you, you totally bring all of those things. It's not just in your parenting, it's you as a woman. Well, thank you. I would, I would imagine you bring that to every relationship. And I guess my want for you is for you to bring it for yourself now because it's time.
2: But I always think all the practices that we do you and I are probably a fair reflection on the rest of women yeah. of you know of our yeah. age. And so I would suspect that half of, of women who will listen to this will feel like me, and the other half will feel like you. So I always think it's it's it only serves us and everyone else to be honest about how, how we come to these practices and how we feel about them. Absolutely. So Absolutely. We've done quite a lot of sharing today, Nicole. Shall we summarize? Let's. So what works for you, Lauren? Well, thinking around the subject and really sitting down and thinking about how I was raised and how I'm raising my kids. And just a reminder that you can have fun with this and to try not to absorb the fact that it is a selfish act because I'm a woman and that's how I've
1: been brought up. Stay mm. small, stay quiet. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. And what yes. works for you. Um, the exercises, the high fiving. I loved that. The positive affirmations when I'm looking at myself in the mirror, it gets me into a much better mindset about myself because our obviously our default mode is to slip into the negative. Um, and a really great reminder of who I am and having that conversation with myself because it's imperative to our well-being. Anything didn't work for you? Well, the the journaling, but I didn't do it. So I'm sure it would have worked, but it's just not my process. Um yeah yeah and you yeah, the exercises they were just
2: <laughs> yes, hard the no. general
1: practice <laughs>
2: just basically doing the actual homework,
1: so unlike me though, so unlike it, me it is, but I think it's really important that that's brought here because it is mm. really unlike you, and you are so dedicated to this podcast, and I know that whatever I throw at you, you're going to give it your best shot, but this is just an what you say in the coaching world is it's an edge for you mm. Like it. Yes. What, what have you learned? Um, I've learned that I really need to remind myself of who I am and I need to keep having that conversation with myself about all the things that I bring to this world and not all the things that I don't. And all of my, instead of focusing on all of my failings and all my shortcomings, actually, it's just not fucking helpful. It's not helpful for my kids. It's not helpful for my friends. It's not helpful for mm. me as a woman. So, yes, absolutely. But I, I put the same thing that I owe it to
2: others. To practice it more,
1: ah, oh, that's lovely. And that's w- I've would you recommend this to your clients? Oh, God, absolutely, of course. It's of amazing, course, isn't it? You want you? it for your kids. You recommend it for your clients, yeah. absolutely, of course, one hundred percent. But I'm not doing it for myself.
2: I know. Yeah, I know. I think the thing is what it's shown me is that I don't always treat myself with a huge amount of compassion, and I'm quite hard on myself, and my inner voice is quite critical, and I feel that that inner voice that's critical pushes me, pushes me to be better, but actually maybe also being a bit more self-compassionate would also be nice and push me to do better.
1: Yeah. My sense is that there's probably a balance to that voice and there'll be times where it's encouraging and it does push you in the right direction. There'll be times where it just makes you feel like shit. And it's just to have that awareness of the difference of the two. Yeah. So is it coming in the club? I mean, of course it's coming in the club. How can we not have self-love? How can we do a wellness podcast and not have self-love in there? It's it's everyone is going to come in and love themselves and love one another 100%. Agreed. And we can even play the Whitney Houston song. Can we? Yeah. Why not? Uh, oh, well, as, as they come in. As they come as in. As they come in, as they leave, as like the last song of the night, you know
2: a oh, bit like bit like they play that. time of our lives at bar mitzvahs we they can have play the greatest love of all yeah or they or they play
1: that's what friends are for oh god I love that song do you anyway I don't love that song so that is our week in full this week thank you for listening if you like what we do here and you want to hear more from us then go follow us on our social channels at Pod, and you can always email us hello at Club dotco.uk and let us know about any practices you like us to try or anything you have tried that we've mentioned or just want to come and say hi. And if you have a moment and you love the show, please go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that really does help us out and help us to keep bringing the Self Care Club to your ears. We will see you on Friday for the Epilogue Show. Have a great week. Bye.
2: It's Mr. P here and the other Mr. P and we are the hosts of two Mr. P's in a podcast. The educational podcast where you don't actually learn a thing. No, instead we explore the weird, wonderful and downright hilarious things that happen in school from people actually doing the job. We reminisce on our own time at school, funny things we experience each day and of course we share your hilarious stories from the chalk face. So if you work in a school or just want a nostalgic trip down memory lane, sit up straight, fingers on lips, and get ready for the lesson.